0: Turning your Bibles to Romans chapter eight for a few moments tonight, and um, I pray that we'll be able to have the Tuesday night service and have the choir here. I talked to Brother Tim. I said, Brother Tim, if your choir or your school has any cases, uh, I don't want you to come. Just stay at home. And he says, Nope, we're clear. We're coming. And I said, Praise the Lord, that's good, and um, we're excited about it. I said, now You can bring quartet if you want to. I was trying to let him off easy. Nope, we're bringing the whole choir. I said, okay, praise God. I talked to Brother Michael Plowman. I said, Brother Michael Plowman, I know you got several people in the hospital. If you don't want to come, uh, we understand. We'll get Brother Justin Gassaway or Brother Trent Cornwell, somebody local, to preach for you. He says, nope, I'm coming. So if they're determined to come, in, to come I think we ought to be determined to come. Amen? Amen? So I want you to make a priority. I want to counsel all uh, gymnastics, baseball, little league, Uh, All this stuff that comes ahead of the Lord and Tuesday night sanctified. God will bless your children for that. God will bless. My my son, I'll never forget the time he gave up uh, all-stars for Whitfield County, all-star first baseman, went to junior camp because he thought he ought to set the good example, and God called him to preach that that week. Now, he wasn't going to be a professional ball player. He didn't have a fastball. He had a good good curveball, but he didn't have a good fastball. And he could pick off anybody. He's left-handed, but he wasn't going to be no pro ball player. But I tell you what, he can be a preacher. Amen. And he can be a, a good Christian businessman. And sometimes camp's more important. Amen. And so thank God for it. And, that, and I said all that to say this: you get your priorities right. You get your priorities right when it comes to meeting in the house of God. Amen. And you say, "Well, I do. i good. Praise God. Y'all the cream of the crop. I know you. You do. But the spirit of God." motivates us. That's what I want to get to. Verse 7. Verse 7. Let's stand in honor of the Word of God. It says, Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in this flesh cannot please God. Let's go on. But you are not in the flesh, but you're in the Spirit. So be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. If Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead, verse 11, dwell in you, Romans 8, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, here's the commitment. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, To live after the flesh, but we are to live. We, but if we live after the flesh, we shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify, die to self, mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Now here is a blessing: for as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We'll talk talk to you about blessed assurance tonight. Look at verse fifteen. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption. We'll preach a little on adoption tonight. Whereby we are called, we cry, Abba Father. That's an endearment term. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. No greater peace. And if any if we if children, then heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him that we may also be glorified together. Isn't that wonderful verses in the word of God? If you said it wasn't, that would be a real shock if you said, no, that's not too good. It's the word of God, amen? And thank God for the spirit of God taking the word of God and touching our hearts with it as he did this morning. You may be seated and I pray. Father, Thank you for this wonderful chapter. I've been so blessed. I'm full. My cup's running over. And i got too much to preach in 30 minutes. But God, help me to say what you want me to say. And Lord, outline uh, God, me, not just the sermon, uh, to be submissive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you that I know I'm a Christian because I'm led by the Spirit. And Lord, it's a great assurance to know that we can call you Abba, Father. Lord, thank you for the relationship that we have with a loving, kind, but wise, powerful, sovereign God who is our Father. So Lord, make it real tonight. Touch our hearts. Change our hearts. We'll thank and praise you for what you do in and through this message. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, I went over several things about the mind. The desire of the mind is changed. There's one thing that you'll find out when you get saved, and you need to remember this, is that God will change your attitude towards holy things when you have the Spirit of God in your life. I mean, I want to tell you something, folks. The Holy Spirit makes God real. He is real, but I mean, He makes it real to you. I mean, He makes it real. He makes Him real. And folks, I want to tell you, my concern is a lot of people just can take it or leave it when it comes to faithfulness and Christianity. And I believe it's fleshly to choose a church for the party of it. I believe it's fleshly to choose a church for the entertainment of it. I believe it's fleshly to try to come on on your terms to God when God says you come on my terms. And folks, I want to tell you something. It's a blessing to know that we have passed from death into life And we don't have to mind the things of the flesh. We don't have to keep our mind in the gutter. We don't have to keep our mind not just on the gutter, but in this old world. Folks, we can rise above that and have the peace that passes understanding. So I see in verse 5, not only the desire of the mind and the direction of the mind and the devotion of the mind as we preached on this morning, but back in chapter 5 or verse 5, I see the concerns of carnality. You know, uh, folks, if you're interested in fleshly things, money, uh, earthly pleasure, sin, entertainment, some people, if there's a good TV program on or a good football game on, they don't come to church. I'd hate to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and say the Falcons were more important than than Jesus. I'd hate to stand before God and say, you know, I stayed home because I wanted to watch a ball game. And I know none of y'all did that because y'all hear. But folks, I see not only the concern, but I see the interests of the Spirit. Look in verse 5. It says, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. And So we don't mind the things that are flesh. We don't have a motive. We don't have that mentality of caring so much about what this world has to offer. We know who God is. And by the Holy Spirit, we can know Him intimately. And we can claim Him and, uh, and, and love and joy and peace in the relationship. And so we, uh, we have some sacred Priorities, the Word of God, prayer, worship. You know, a lot of people, they make a choice during the week. They make a choice during the week on what to put before Tuesday night or what to put before a Wednesday night. And they make that choice. And, folks, I want to tell you something, a lot of it's flesh because we're doing it because it makes us feel better or it makes us look better. And, folks, the consequences of carnality is found in verse 6. Look at verse 6. It says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Folks, not only physical death, but spiritual death. For all eternity. If you live with a carnal, natural mind, but folks, if you have the Spirit, and you possess the Spirit, and better said, if the Spirit possesses you, look what it says. This is is wonderful. It says we have life and peace. Life and peace. I don't know about you, but um, that's wonderful. Have peace with God, peace of God. Have the peace to know that you're saved without a doubt. Some people are falling apart these days. Having nervous breakdowns. Committing suicide. I mean, just losing it, come unglued. And uh, they try to come to church and get it together. They can't get it together because, folks, it's a spirit life, not just the spirit service. Folks, there's a conflict of this uh, car- uh, carnality, and I wanted to uh, sort of start there, uh, number three, Brother Cody. Uh, yeah, you're on, you're on top of it. And Verse 7, the Bible says, Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. We see a conflict. It's opposition to God. Now folks, listen. You can get upset and have a lot of different teams and stuff and have some rivals and it's the dogs versus the tigers and all kinds of junk on this earth. But I want to tell you something. If you're at enmity against God, you're in trouble. You disagree with God, you're in trouble. When God says it's good, it's good. Carnality will say, no, it's it's not that important. It's not a priority. Yes, it is. Seeking God, worshiping God, living in the Spirit should be the priority of your life. Because verse 8 says, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Folks, we need to please God rather than ourselves. Amen. And so, folks, there's an opposition to God, but there's also an objective about God. Iniquity in this objective its not subject to the law of God. Carnality does not obey God. Folks, one of the greatest keys in your Christian life, and only by the Holy Ghost can you do this, is obedience. I mean, just sum it up. God tells you to do something, do it. And uh, folks, there's iniquity, but there's also inability. It is not subject to the law of God. Neither, indeed, can be. Folks, the spirit of God will not sin, and the spirit of God will not succumb to your fleshly desires. Thank God, when the spirit of God's in control, there is peace and there is life. Amen. Folks, when you're spirit-filled, there is the feathers of the gospel. There is the glorification of God. Folks, there's a life worth living. Life worth living. And look at verse eight. Here's the cause. Here's the cause uh, of, of carnality. It says that you will not please God. You'll not please God. Uh, to be spiritual is to please God rather than anyone else. To be spiritual is to let the Holy Ghost outline your day and outline your priorities. And not just you make a list of what you want to do and let God sign off on it. No, you you just give them a blank page and say, dear God, lead me. Lead me to be led of the Spirit. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, you you should be led of the Spirit uh, on who to marry. You ought to be led to the Spirit of what what you need to do every day. You need to be led of the Spirit and, and the job that you have. Going to be led of the Spirit in how you raise your children and how you treat your wife or treat your husband. And, folks, most people are not concerned about pleasing God, rather, they're concerned about pleasing themselves. We live in the flesh, you will not please God. But I love verses 9 through 11 because here's the confirmation the confirmation that you have the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit's in control of you. Look at verse 9. But you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. And so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. The Holy Ghost gives us confirmation. And folks, of, of our salvation. You know, a lot of people say, I don't know if I'm saved or not. Ask the Holy Spirit, He'll tell you. But examine your life and you'll see that the blessings in your life will say you're either saved Or you're not. You're either a saint or you ain't. Amen. And thank God for this blessed assurance that Jesus is yours. And that confirmation comes through three ways. Number one, residing. Residing. In verse 9, the Bible says, it says, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, I just want to be clear, and you know it. I shouldn't have said that. That sounds so political. I just want to be perfectly clear. No, they're not clear about anything. But I want to say this. Folks, thank God that the Bible is clear about how to know you're saved. You pass from death into life. And folks, you know that there's someone living inside of you that drives you to a higher life, that motivates you, that uh, moves your spirit and, and, and captivates your mind. You have a new want to, a new appetite, a new attitude. Amen? And Folks, at the moment that you receive Christ, Jesus does not come in your heart. The Holy Spirit does. Now, we know God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are three in one, so Jesus really does come in your life. But if we're not careful, we teach children, let Jesus come in your heart. They think it's this pump right here. But the heart is a mind, will, and emotion. And folks, really, the Spirit of God comes in our life, the Holy Spirit comes in our life, the Father comes in our life, but without the Spirit, it just doesn't feel right. It's not real. It's not. Uh, there's no assurance. And that's what this, these verses are about. It says, if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit of life because of righteousness. And so the second evidence that you're saved is righteousness. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away. Behold, all things come new. You live different. It's just not praying a prayer and then go ahead and live like you want to. No, it's praying a prayer and letting God live like he wants to. I'm not talking about lordship salvation. Some people have to grow, and they have to grow a lot. But I'm talking about when when you get saved, the Lord comes in your life. And he wants you to let him be Lord. And then Uh, Third of all, there's the resurrection. In verse 11, it says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. I I read the wrong verse. Verse 11, "But But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. So the resurrection Spirit is in your life. Uh, What is the power of God that's in in you? The Bible says uh, and asks in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19 and 20. It says the power of the resurrection. And that Christ becomes all in all. And you let Him rule and reign in your life. And then I want to close tonight. And I'll do it in about 20 minutes since we're so early. Um, There's the commitment. There's the commitment to the Holy Spirit. Look at verse twelve. It Says therefore, brethren, we are dead, therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. One time I was driving minding my own business in Statesboro, Georgia, and almost ran into this bumper sticker. Back then we had bumper stickers, and um, today we have I don't know what we have. iPads, I guess, flashing in the back window. I don't know. But it said, if it feels good, do it. And I was I, I looking at it real close and I almost ate that bumper and the sticker and uh, almost had a wreck trying to read that, that bumper sticker. And that's the world's philosophy. If it feels good, do it. If it feels good and costs your family, do it. If it feels good, um, skip church. If it feels good, don't read your Bible. If it feels good, live like the devil. If it feels good, go get drunk. If it feels good, gratify the flesh. If it feels good, walk off on your wife and walk off on your husband and just forget it all. Folks, sometimes it doesn't feel good. Sin never feels good. But Folks, the Bible says that we're debtors in verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. we live after the flesh, we shall die, but if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Folks, I want to say this. The freedom from the dominion of sin will give you more peace and more joy than anything in this world. And the reality of knowing that you're saved. I want to tell you something, friend. It is nerve-wracking to sit in a service and wonder if you're saved. It's nerve-wracking to see people die and you're next to their deathbed And you're saying, I wonder if I'm ready. No, you need to know that you're ready. You need to have a full assurance. And folks, to live a holy life is opposite of living in the flesh. And folks, the commitment is commanded. We are not debtors. We're a person that's saved. We're obligated to show some commitment to the one that saved us. We're indebted to Jesus Christ. We're indebted to the Holy Ghost. We're indebted to the Father in Heaven. and Folks, that means we live for Him. And this commitment is not only commanded, but it's clarified. It's clarified. Look at verse 12. It says, or verse 13, For if we live after the flesh, we shall die, but ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body. Ye shall live. Folks, works in this clarification Not to live after the flesh, but it it means to live the opposite of the flesh and to live the opposite of the world and to live in the Spirit. And the Spirit living for Jesus is the greatest evidence that you're saved. I won't tell you who doubts their salvation a lot of times. Some people doubt their salvation because they doubt everything. They were trained that way, taught that way. I mean, they doubt the sun's going to come up. I mean, they have no assurance about anything. Some people doubt the Heavenly Father because their their earthly father was so sorry. He was unpredictable. He was unfaithful. He walked off and left them when they were two or three years old. And that really gives people a lot of doubt and heartache. But Folks, I want to tell you something. When you live for God, there is a commitment that's clarified, but there's a commitment that's a a, a charge. It says mortify kill, die to self, mortify the deeds of the flesh, uh, turn from the wicked ways, and yield to the Holy Spirit. And when you do that, the Comforter is come. And you have peace. And you have assurance. And it's blessed assurance. Fanny J. Crosby wrote that song. She was blinded by a doctor that tried to put some mustard polis on her on her eyes and and thank God thank God uh, she didn't get bitter thank the Lord Uh, she got better and thank the Lord for that And folks I want you to know that we need to realize the Holy Spirit uh, helps us to overcome evil the Holy Spirit helps us overcome the flesh the flesh is powerful if you don't believe it how many times you got mad at somebody over something the flesh is wicked Wretched and weak. If you don't believe it is, go back to Romans chapter 7. I'm trying not to dwell there. But Paul was one of the greatest Christians ever walked this earth. Was used to write most of the New Testament by the Holy Ghost. And he says, I am wretched. And I don't want to do that. And I end up doing it. Folks, the Holy Spirit helps us oppose the deeds of the flesh. And after true salvation, we have the Holy Spirit to be our overcomer. We don't have to overcome to be saved, but if we're saved, we are overcomers. Look at 1 John chapter 5. Look at 4 and 5, please. 1 John 4 4 and 5, I believe it is. Lord just laid that verse on my heart. 1 John chapter 4, 5. Excuse me, 5. 4 and 5. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Now, folks, people take that out of context. Oh, there, you gotta hold on. You gotta pray through. You gotta overcome. Oh, you don't. you got to let the overcomer overcome. Because you can't ever overcome sin. You can't ever overcome. Hey, you think you're more strong than the devil? You're no match for the devil. Look at this. It says, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world. Here it is, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Then it goes on and says we got some witnesses, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost in verse 7. Folks, the Spirit of God will let you know that you're saved. But I want to tell you something, the Spirit of God starts living victorious in your life, you'll know you're saved. You know, most people that doubt their salvation, besides the doubters by nature, are the backslidden. Hey, if I hadn't been in church in 30 years, I wouldn't have a bit of assurance. If I never got baptized, I wouldn't have a bit of assurance. If I never read my Bible, I wouldn't have any assurance. I'd probably think I was lost. How about you? Praise God. You get up and read your Bible, pray, seek God, and live for God, and overcome the devil, and mortify the deeds and the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. At the end of the day, you'll say, praise God, I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved and I'm saved. So we see the commitment of, of of this, the commitment. Consequences we shall live, folks. I want to tell you something. The commitment consequences of this. There's a result when you're committed, and you're not a debtor to the flesh, but you're a debtor to the Holy Spirit, and you delight in the Holy Spirit, and you yield to the Spirit of God, and you let the Spirit and God and the Word of God revolutionize your life, change your life, drive your life, motivate your life. I'm going to tell you what the 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 uh, the Bible says in verse 13, ye shall live. Look at last three words. Ye shall live. In other words, in the flesh, you're living beneath your privilege. In the flesh, you're trying to serve the wrong master. In the flesh, the devil can take that flesh and drive you the terrible iniquity, the terrible unsettling of peace. It's a spiritual life. You know, many people come to church and they act bored. I don't mean to read faces, but some people look about as the least interested I've ever seen in my life about spiritual things. But you get to a ball game and they're hanging on the bleachers cheering for the Braves because they scored nine runs against the best team in the, in the nation. And boy, it's hoop-de-la. And praise God, if somebody gives you tickets, you'll skip on Wednesday night and go to the Braves game. God help you. I hope every time you do that, they lose by 20 points. 20 runs, not points. And folks, listen, the commitment has a consequence. And that's blessed assurance. Let me just say real quick, there's a counsel of the Holy Spirit. I find it in verse 14. This is some of the most beautiful Soothing, comforting, encouraging verses in the Bible. It says, For as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, folks, there is a pilot, and he is the counselor. A lot of people have been coming to me lately, a lot of preachers. I'm getting a lot of calls lately. What do you think about this? And is it true? And I, don't know, I, don't I say, I want to say, Why don't you just ask the Holy Spirit? I want you to ask the person you're asking about. And and I'll be glad to give a testimony, and I will. But the great blessing to every believer is being being led and directed by the Holy Spirit. To be led of the Spirit. That's divine wisdom. I see the surety, the sureness of the leader. It says, for as many are led by the Spirit. That's sure Folks, you can trust the Spirit. He is the great shepherd. He leads you in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. He'll lead you to the valley of the shadow of death. For thou art with me. He'll even lead you you in the presence of your enemies and prepare a table. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. What a great song. But do we really believe it? The leadership of the Holy Spirit is Do you hear me? The leadership of the Holy Spirit is perfect. The Holy Spirit knows what is right. He uses the Word to clarify. He preaches the Word. He teaches the Word. He lays verses on your heart. You ought to have a verse for a lot of things you're doing, not just a whim or somebody's opinion or it's politically correct. God help you if you're falling. The politically correct crowd. Because it's not biblically correct to kill babies. And it's not biblically correct to kill your humanity and try to change into something else because you don't like it. you talk about flesh. People are mutilating their bodies, become the opposite gender. That is a... Tr- I mean, I can't believe I live to this day to see this and to hear about it. And then you go down the streets of Atlanta. In some neighborhoods, there isn't one person that's got sins. They're all lost. And it's a whole gay community. There's nothing gay about it. It's abomination to God. It's the flesh reeking, saying, I want to be my own God, and I'll live like I want to, and I'll marry who I want to, and I'll change my whole life into what I want. And Some godless parents even promote it. God help them. They don't deserve to have a child. They're crazy. The flesh is reeking crazy. The flesh is abomination to God. We ought to hate what the flesh is doing. We ought to, we, it ought to be an abomination to soul. It ought to stink in the nostrils of God, but it ought to stink in our nostrils. It ought to make us sick. Amen. But we're getting used to it. Well, you know, everybody's got a matter of choice. It's not a matter of choice. It's a matter of carnality or spirituality. Can you see where the flesh can take you? Can you see the depths of depravity that the flesh can get you to dive into? I felt so sorry to see those people over there, some Americans and a lot of Afghans, standing in the sewer trying to get their freedom, trying to get out of there. You know, I know America's bad, but I ain't seen. People standing in sewers trying to get on a plane to go to another country. They're always trying to come to our country. You ought to thank God for the United States of America. I never prayed for Hershel Walker in my life, but I am now. But anyway, listen. We shall live. We shall live. Not dive into the sewers. Try to get our ticket to a higher uh, living. Folks, here it is. It's a commitment. It's a commitment. But it's also a counsel. Folks, you're surrendering to a Heavenly Father that loves you. And I want to tell you something. Some people look at me when I ask and go soul winning, be faithful, put put, put, put God first. I mean, come back on Sunday night. Is that a great request? Hey, if you really get spiritual, come on Tuesday night. Is that some great request? No. It ought to be a reasonable service. Amen. But I want to tell you something, friend. God's doing you a favor to let you come. Amen. God's doing you a big favor that you want to come. Amen. You ought to thank God, smile all the way to church because you have a desire to be here Amen. because the flesh is lazy. Amen. I was talking to someone this past week. I said, you know something? I don't tolerate laziness it will be disciplined. You're going to be a man of God. You're going to be in the ministry. Grow up and be a man. There'll be some wimp. The ministry's not for wimps. They're not, it's not for quitters. It's not for people that get their feelings hurt all the time. It's not for people that's so whimsical that they go this way and that way and unpredictable. No, friend, I'm going to tell you something. When you're led by the Spirit of God, you're not dogmatic. You're just blessed. You're so thankful. Because I want you to see the picture here. Oh, I want you to see it. Verse 14. It says, for as many are led by the Spirit. didn't say driven. It says led. Mm -hmm. They are the sons of God. Oh, folks, the counsel, the sureness of the leading, the sanctity of the leading. It's the Spirit of God. It's the Holy Spirit that wants to lead your life. Let Him lead for. For God's glory, let Him lead. Let Him lead in every area of your life. It's sonship in the lead. Oh, I like this. It says we are children of God. Children of God. Folks, I want to tell you something. When you're children of God, He's God in your life. He's Lord of your life the greatest evidence of being filled with the spirit of god is not speaking in some gibberish shandala bondala bota i mean that's not that, that's that don't even that don't even sound spiritual roll in the aisle immodestly your skirt goes up and that's supposed to be in the spirit interrupt the preacher and dance on top of the pews is that spiritual folks i want to tell you something it's not how loud you shout it's how you talk to your wife It's how you lead your children. Folks, I'm going to say this. Spiritual, walking under the counsel and leading of the Holy Spirit, the evidence is you just love the will of God and you do it. Children. The saved are given the privilege and the relationship to be the children of God. There's life in the relationship. There's life in that relationship. Look at verse 15. Don't you love these verses? I love preaching them, whether you love to hear them or not. I love it. Amen. I would preach myself these verses. Amen. And I should. It says, For you have not the, received the spirit of bondage again into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby you cry, Abba, Father. Oh, friend." We're sons of God. We're evident by the walking in the Spirit. But folks, this life as a child of God is not one of fear. It's one of joy and peace. I just want to say this. I'm going to go on record saying this. When you walk with God, it's fun. Oh, I don't think independent Baptists ought to have fun. Praise God. We ought to put a scowl on our face and be against everything. Bless God. And believe everything we see on Facebook and be against everything. Why don't you stop letting the world lead you in your opinions? Let the Word of God and the Holy Spirit lead you. When you're led by the Spirit of God, you're led by the Holy Spirit. It's a relationship. It's a life. It's life in a relationship. Think about it. Relationship. And folks, it's adoption. That's the legality of the relationship. Folks, you're adopted as a firstborn child, and the Bible says that means you had all the rights. And it's not rights, you had the privileges of being blessed by the Father. Amen? And folks, listen, you stand the very beneficiary of the Father. I mean, it's not just a legal transaction. But folks, I mean, you're under divine guardianship. Praise God, there's nothing can take you out of the family of God. There's nothing. And folks, the benefit of this relationship, number one, is that there's a loving Father. There's a loving relationship. And folks, I want to tell you something. That's what the Holy Spirit does in your life. It makes you realize how much God loves you. And by the Spirit of God, how you should love Him. If you love me, the Bible says, keep my commandments. It's a great love and compassion to call him Abba, Father. It's an endearing expression to help us understand the relationship of the redeemed. Have a child relationship to the heavenly Father. Folks, last time I checked, it's good to have a good father. But if you're saved, you've got a perfect father. And you can call him daddy, but don't do that front of me one time we was at a funeral service and this guy kept praying and it was freezing it was below zero i think me and brother randy was shaking because our both our bald heads were freezing over he kept on praying he kept on praying and then he started addressing god as daddy and that made me uncomfortable and i believe that we ought to realize he's like a daddy and we, we're that close he's a father he's abba father he's like a papa but i want to tell you something he's more than that he's god Sometimes we approach God on a casual terms. The man upstairs makes me mad when somebody says that. He's more than upstairs. He's God. Amen. But I want to tell you something. He was a God that condescending to this earth and became your Savior, became the Lamb of God. And now he's saying, Call me Abba Father. I've adopted you. I have I got legal rights on you because of the blood's bought your soul. And praise God, you belong to me. And, 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 and folks, we ought, to, we ought to sing that song, Now I belong to Jesus. And it ought to bring security, it ought to bring peace, it ought to bring love, and it ought to bring loyalty. He's your Father. He has a right to tell you what to do. And He has a right to wear your in out. That's not correct. He has a right to correct you. Discipline you. Let me give you a biblical word. He has a right to chasten you. You know, the first time people get chastened, they get all upset and mad and say, Well, I'm going to quit God. He shouldn't have done that to me. Folks, listen, I want to tell you something. There's a reaffirming of being his child. Look at verse 16. I'll close. For the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are children of God. The Holy Ghost helps redeem overcome sin, verse 13. For we live after the flesh, we shall die, but if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds, So you can't quit nothing. You're hooked and addicted on everything, especially yourself and the sin and world. But through the Spirit of God, tchew. hey, I believe in uh, people... Sometimes have to go through stuff like rehab and all this stuff. But I want to tell you something. It's not just a higher power. It's the Holy Ghost that will yeah. give you power. And I feel sorry for these people that have 12 steps without the Word of God. And I feel sorry for these people that won't even call Jesus Jesus because of higher power so you can be politically correct or socially correct and not offend the Muslim. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you straight. The only way you can overcome sin, the only way you can mortify the deeds of sin is through The Holy Ghost. Answering the door when the devil knocks and when the flesh reeks. When you want to go down to the depths of your sinful nature. And the Holy Spirit says, no, 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 no. That ain't right. He says, the Heavenly Father said no. Amen. You ever seen a child, a good child, behave because they don't want to disappoint the Father? That's why you ought to grieve when you spank a child. Not just lash out and whoop them like we used to do. All of you used to do that. I guarantee you did. And the ones that didn't whoop their children, they probably spoiled brats right now. But folks, we should never discipline in anger. you ought to grieve us when our children ought to grieve. They ought to see us grieve. We ought to be in control of the Spirit when we apply the Board of Education to the seat of learning. Say amen. You say, I don't like that. Well, you, you just go to the book of Proverbs and cut out seven verses. The Spirit of God gives you leadership of the Holy Spirit to discipline. But I want to tell you something God disciplines you. And he affirms, he affirms your redeemed status by giving you power over sin. So these people that are just succumbed by sin, I don't blame you for doubting your salvation. Because you're acting like you're lost. The only difference between you and a lost person, you won't get away with it. Say so, amen. i close with this. The Spirit of God will lead you if you're redeemed. Look at verse 14. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The Holy Spirit will help you love the Father, adore Him, bow before Him. The Holy Spirit will give you blessed assurance. It's a relationship of Abba, Father. I mean, it's not some dead religion. And then the Holy Spirit will even help you pray. Verse 26, the work of the Holy Spirit to give assurance to the redeemed that are truly saved, truly brings peace, Love and life. Look at verse 16 again. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. I can't hardly read that verse without smiling. I'm a child of the I'm 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 a child of the king. Amen. It goes on to say this, and if children, then heirs. Heirs of God. Folks, I don't I don't I don't know if you uh, realize this, but God's rich. He's real rich. And He knows exactly what you need. And He says this, And join heirs with Christ. Wow. If so be that we suffer with Him, we may be glorified together. Suffering stipulates commitment. And so folks, listen. We're rich kids, but we're not spoiled. We're rich kids that ought to be spiritual. I'm going to say this, I'm going to say it again. If you're led by the Spirit of God, you can have blessed assurance that you're a child of God. And you can have such a loving relationship, you can call Him Abba Father because you've been adopted. God chose you. You know, you that's been adopted don't ever apologize for it. Because I'm going to tell you something, a lot of biologically born kids, it was a oops, I don't want another one. But if you were adopted, they went looking for you. <laughs> Woo! I'm getting a little happy here now. I'm like Brother Dean McNeese. I'm getting some happy bubbles. I don't know what that means, but it sounds pretty holy to me. And, you know, adopted child, I feel special. You chose me. But you only really chose me. You rescued me. And you bought me. My life back from the slave market of sin. And you supplied every need. And oh, I'm so grateful that I have an Abba father. That I can really say, Daddy, your adopted mama, and all you that are biological. Your parents, you ought to thank God for them. And no, God makes no accidents. The folks, on the spiritual perspective, we're heirs of God, and joint heirs with God. And we ought to live led by the Spirit for one reason glorify God. Now, if you're succumbing to the flesh every day, if you're letting the devil attach those strings every day and be led of the devil and led by the world and led by the flesh. You're really not living. You're living beneath your privilege. But if you're yielding to the Spirit of God, there's life and there's peace. Father, thank you that we can call you Father. And it's only by the Holy Spirit that we have that relationship. And Lord, I want to thank you that you drive us to faithfulness. That you delight us in your presence. And that we can long to be in the house of God. And we long to just be a doorkeeper in the house of God. To serve you. To do anything to prove that we're not a debtor to the flesh, but a debtor to the Spirit and a delighted, thankful son or daughter to the Heavenly Father. God, I don't know why You're so gracious, but I'm so glad that You are. And I pray, Holy Ghost, that You'll remind us every day how wonderful it is to be a child of the King, of Kings, and Lord of Lords, God Almighty, the Creator, the Sustainer, and the Savior of our soul. With every head bowed, every eye closed. I know you get tired of hearing that, but I don't get tired of giving invitations because we're a church that invites you to be filled with the Spirit of God, to yield more to the Spirit of God be more grateful son or daughter to the heavenly father but you'd say preacher i know without a doubt if i died today or if i live tomorrow i have the spirit of god in my life and i have peace and joy knowing that i'm a child of god and i'm so glad i'm saved saved from myself saved from this sinful world saved from a place called hell you just testify by the uplifted hand that you're saved by the grace of god let me lift your hand up with a joyful testimony, all over this place. I'm going to be glad you're saved, Say Amen. Is anyone that couldn't raise your hand? Don't miss life. Don't miss the abundant life. Don't miss joy and peace. Don't live for yourself. Live for the Savior. Trust Him today. The Spirit of God will convict you that you're lost, and the Spirit of God will help you come to Him if you'll only let Him is there anyone say preacher I'm not sure I'm saved but I sure would like to know pray for me would you slip your hand up real high for prayer and then back down lost church member don't you go to don't you go to hell You're you're so prideful you won't admit it I wouldn't go to hell for anybody amen brother Randy I wouldn't go to hell for anyone anyone have me say preacher I'm saved I believe the Holy Spirit dwells in my life but I need to give Him Lordship. And I need not only give Him Lordship, I just need to be a loving child. By the Holy Spirit, I need to talk to Him more. And I need to obey Him more. And I need to worship Him more. And I need to resist Satan and flesh and the sin of this world and yield to the Spirit more. My prayer tonight, would you slip your hand up high, Father, thank you for this chapter. I don't know how many weeks we're going to be in it, but I sure am getting a lot out of it. I'm being blessed from my head to my toe. I'm getting blessed by just being reminded that I can call you Abba Father, that I can have the right to pray because I'm the firstborn child. I have the right to, to hear your promises and believe them. God, it's all because the Spirit of God ushers me into Your presence and redeemed me by Your blood. Quicken me to live for You instead of myself. So Lord, thank You for saving me. Thank You for full assurance of salvation. In Jesus' name we pray. Fill us all with Your Spirit. In Jesus' name.